Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. everyone welcome back to talking ship brought to you by the believe podcast network the number one network for professionals i'm your host megan fitzgerald i'm victoria hoffman and this episode, we're continuing our conversation on Issa and Lawrence of Insecure. Last episode, we talked all about the state of their relationship, where they are, when we meet them, and uh, essentially how, just to sum it up for you, how we believe it was pretty much doomed from the moment we met them. It really was. Something had to give, as we said last episode. So this episode, we're talking about what does give. We're talking about the cheating, the fallout of the cheating, the breakup, the demise of Issa and Lawrence, if you will. Basically, everything that Issa did, again, this is all on Issa. I stand by that. Oh, yeah. This part of it is all her. He gets a little, we'll probably not talk about it this episode, but eventually, like, when they're separated, he does some things. I'm like, "Mm, not great. But this part of the breakup is on her. Right. It it takes two to tango, per usual. But you're right. This is all Issa's bull crap. Yes. So, but before we go into our our thesis on how Issa fucked up this episode, before we break it down for you, we want to make sure that if you are in an Issa Lawrence situation, you are paying very close attention right now, that your ears are perking up, you are taking notes because this situation sucks, and if it's relatable content to you, we want you to know about it. So we're going to go into relatable content. Really good. Really good. I was a soprano, too, for uh, four years. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. So this is relatable content, and we're talking specifically about the breakup period, the cheating, the breakup. So this one is very obvious. It's very simple, very to the point, but I feel like it needs to be said. You might be in an Issa and Lawrence relationship if you're fucking someone who is not your partner. Yeah. Red flag. (laughs) A a real immediate, like, check-in. Who is that? Why am I doing this? Don't do that. Check-in. Check-in. And then from there, you know, keep listening because we'll break it down maybe how you got there. My first one is you might be in an Issa-Lawrence situation if one of you fucked up big. Yes. Is usually cheating, but it could be something else. It could be withholding information it could be lying there are other things you can do but if one of you fucked up big there's going to be some kind of fallout and that's what we're talking about this and let's be clear with cheating it can be emotional or physical Uh uh-huh yep keep in mind there's different ways to cheat okay you might be in an Issa and lawrence relationship if you can't even hold a productive conversation with your partner nothing gets done every time y'all are talking again check in just kind of like vaguely ignoring each other but also you're, t- you're talking, but you're not saying anything. Nothing right. will ever get done. Right. Exactly. Which I think comes in contrast to, we'll, we'll talk about growth a little bit. Okay. It's not until the end of season two where they have like an actually really productive conversation. So I think that's a nice way to draw the contrast, okay. but we'll talk about that conversation later. You might be in an Issa Lauren situation if you think things might be getting better. All of a sudden, there's a revitalized sex life. You get your personal shit together. You might start to feel like you're on the up and up, but something's not quite right. Something is not quite right. That's always, it's the gut part where you're not always listening to your gut. That's so true. You might be in an Issa and Lawrence relationship if you are silently fucking your new ex and both of you have a stoic face before, during, and after. Everything is emotionless. 
it was, well, I know we'll get into that later, but that made me so uncomfortable to the point where I thought it was a visualization. I thought she was hallucinating. It was so, cause it was so bizarre because this show I think is really great at being so relatable. And that mm-hmm. is probably the one and only scene where I was just like, what? Talking your ex is relatable. But the way that it happened was just, I was like, is this, is this a dream? Right. Because she does that. Like the show goes into yeah. dreams and visualizations and stuff. So a second I thought there too, I was like, great, but we're going to flash back. And then she's going to get up and leave the room. And then they never did. And then it lasted, I'm going to say 45 seconds. And then he just left her on the couch. It was yeah. so weird. So anyway, weird. if you find yourself in that situation, get out of it. You might be in an Issa Lawrence situation if someone in the relationship starts overcompensating to the point where it's completely out of character. If your partner all of a sudden up and decides to start making you breakfast in the morning is randomly like, we should start having a date night, initiating sex in a way that they never used to. And there's been no communication as to the why. There's been no, we're going to work on this. Then I think that person is doing something shady. They're overcompensating for something. You just need to figure out what. That's a really great side note, as it depends on what the why is. If it's out of yes. nowhere, then it's like, what the hell? If there's a conversation where it's like, we need to do better, fine. Yeah, we support growth. We love growth. Growth should happen together in a we, partnership. Yes, communication. You might be in an East and Lawrence relationship if you, quote unquote, find yourself in an immediate situation where it's extremely easy to cheat. If yeah. you put yourself there and you already are weak and you know we're weak, we know you're weak something like you know what you're doing subconsciously so just stay out of it you know like she goes to what's the recording studio right because he's like just wait out the traffic please daniel yes a recording studio it's sexy lighting there's what alcohol maybe a little bit of drugs who knows it's like all the markings for too good of a time so such a far distance away from security with your boyfriend if you're in that situation get out before you do anything stupid Exactly. She had already made the decision to cheat. It was just a matter of getting in that situation to like let it happen. Yeah, she knew. She knew what she was doing. Issa, this is why I just can't with her. You might be in an Issa Lawrence situation if it is not a clean break. There's still a little bit of hooking up after you end it, which is tricky. I've never had a clean break with a relationship. It's. I think it's so hard. I was gonna say that one is hard. That one is true, but it is difficult. I give everyone credit for going cold turkey because that's very case by case. You might be in an East and Lawrence relationship if you leave a girl's trip to go meet your man. Never. I would never. never. No, it's rude. It was also a road trip. It was also a birthday trip, I want to say. Yeah, it was Kelly's birthday. Yeah. And I, of course, she's so wrapped up in her drama with Lawrence. I get that. What? The desperation. It, it, it's, it's hard with Issa and Lawrence. It's everything. I understand it, but that doesn't make it right. I think her leaving shows just how bad of a place that the relationship is at because she yeah. wasn't, she had no sense of self in the moment. Everything was a reaction to what was going on around her. Yes. And now that I think about it, she didn't need to go home. Lawrence had access to the house with or without right. Issa coming home. So she didn't need to leave. No, she was just in the desperate, desperate space to win him back. Right, exactly. Okay, so we're going to take everybody through what happens and kind of unpack it as we go. Let's unpack it. We're going to first talk about why does Issa cheat? We talked about a lot of the reasons last episode, how the state of the relationship got to where it got to. Yes. But let's get into a little bit more. I first want to talk about, because obviously I think sometimes it doesn't 
matter who you cheated with. Someone just needed to cheat. I think in this case, there are some things about Daniel specifically that oh, make Daniel. it the reason. So let's talk about Daniel. Who is Daniel to Issa and why was it him? Ugh. First of all, before we even get into Daniel, I don't know what it is about this this guy. I feel like if I were to meet him in person, I couldn't look him in the eye. He has such an intense energy. Anytime he's doing anything, it's so it's so much. And I, I would get uncomfortable with him on with him on the screen because I was like, he's like piercing everyone's soul with simple eye contact. It was too much. Seemed like you always knew what he was going for. Like he was truly wearing all of his intentions on his sleeve. You know, he wanted yes. to do that every single time he showed up on sleeve. And that's an intense energy to shy away from, I think. He was present as hell. Dan, not the actor, literally Daniel. Anytime he's with anyone, especially Issa, right. he is, I mean, we'll get into what he is to her, but what she is to him, I think, weirdly, she, he, she is his everything. I think she is. I think that's a really good point. I think she is. Okay. Well, I think in some ways they're the same thing to each other, but I think for him, because he's not with anybody, it's a little more heightened. She is also his what if person. I can see that. That's what she describes it as, you know, like you've always been my what if guy, blah, blah, blah. His feels more, more genuine and personal. She is his what if as Issa. I think Daniel is her what if as in a whole other life that she could have outside of Daniel, outside of her job, outside of her friends. He he is her potential as a whole. I totally agree. Yeah, yes. I think it's funny. So we spend the whole, the first season of the podcast was all about Gilmore Girls. And we talked about being someone's what if person a lot with Luke and Lorelai. But I, and so I think it's this really powerful thing because essentially this person like holds all of this possibility and yes. promise. And, you know, with Daniel, it sounds like he, she at one point really cared about him. And that she tells this whole story about how she, he couldn't get his shit together in college. Mm-hmm. So I think with them, there is this scrap of truth and real chemistry that does exist and did exist and you feel chemistry between them they certainly have physical emotional chemistry yes. yeah yeah but i think mostly a what if person in this case when it's a what if person you cheat with it's this fantasy of everything you want them to be or you need them to be to complete you in this way and to help you be this version of yourself that you are striving to be right now because you're unhappy with who you are or what's going on with you currently yeah and it really doesn't help if your what if person is just so ripped, so intense, <laughs> he's cool. He's a music producer. Like that's a really, that's not a really common, I mean, in LA. Yeah. But still most it's people, cool I work job. in an agency. Yeah. It's a really cool job. As opposed yeah. to like a tech developer who's on his way to making an app. Daniel is just like cool, sexy guy. And then of course yeah. the second that she does cheat, you, you know, it's like rhythmic and like super hot. Ugh. Golly, Daniel, he's just so much. Oh yeah, Daniel, Daniel can fuck you. They do a really good job at showing how well Daniel can fuck. I know. I was like, we get it. He's sexy. We get it. It goes on for a long time. They're sexy. Yes, the the sex scenes in Insecure are a lot. Like, granted, I'm someone who loves to watch sex scenes, and then these ones, I'm like, geez, this is a lot. It's too personal. Yeah, we should at one point do a ranking of our oh. like favorite and like most uncomfortable sex scenes because yes. I also think they do a good job at portraying the kind of sex emotionally when it's emotional right. sex, when it's anger sex, when it's hookup sex. Like I think they do that well. And I think with Daniel and Issa, 
to his point, which he makes later, he's like, don't pretend like this was nothing. In the moment, it, they were connected. Well, they also had buildup. You can kind of tell that Daniel has always had a thing for Issa. Yeah. Way, way, way back. And then Lawrence, not got in the way, but then she was with Lawrence. And they, they were bound to do something eventually. Very accelerated by, of course, Lawrence's drama. Yes. Okay, so this goes into my second kind of question I wanted to ask. She later describes Daniel as, you were an itch I needed to scratch. I think a lot of us have so this person out. in their life. It's so, so fucking rude. Because it's not like we, I was about to be like, we were there. It feels like we were there. Like when we saw it. We know that wasn't the truth. So, but I think a lot of us have this person. Sometimes it's the one that got away. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. Do you think when you have this person that does that make cheating inevitable? No, I don't think so. I think that I don't think cheating is ever inevitable, even in this case where we have agreed so many times that something needed to happen, like there needed to be a catalyst for Issa and Lawrence. I don't think it had to be cheating. It could have been a conversation. It could have been literally anything. I don't think cheating is inevitable. But back to an itch you had to scratch. Yes, everyone, you know, you have a sweet spot for someone in your life Mm -hmm. where she's just she's just his sweet spot. You know, like we're not dating. I'm not trying to date you. I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm not trying to have you in my life, but you just want to kind of check in. Just, I want to know, I just want to know what you're up to. And she definitely, definitely belittled it by saying an itch. There's no reason for her to be that rude. I don't think she needed to go that far. No, she didn't need to go that far. I think, you know, when you say that really mean thing, because you just need to end the argument or get someone out of the room, like she literally needed him to leave the party. And I think she knows when she says it that it's not true, but she has to get him to leave. Of course. She knows. She knew. Yes. She, that's what kills me about Issa. She makes, as you say, she's very reactionary. She makes all of these decisions and she knows better as she's making the decision because every time she makes a dumb decision, it's literally the next you know, second that you can see in her face that she knows she fucked up. She knows she fucked up. Every yeah. time, like she knows she's about to, she always knows she's about to fuck up. Her actions are so preventable. Like she didn't need to fuck uh, Daniel. She didn't need to say, you're an itch I needed to scratch. She's like she's, she's so dangerously in the moment. Yeah, she's an antihero to, yeah. to a lot of extents. It's good for us to see someone that we do for a lot of the show like and enjoy and find her likable and see her fuck up. I think that is valuable, but I agree. Right. Like she didn't have to do this. I don't think cheating is inevitable when you have an inch you have to scratch. Right. I just think there's some people where you're like, wow, if I was ever presented with that opportunity to fuck that person that got away, I would have to do it. It doesn't always have to be that. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like be reasonable. Don't be reactionary. But I think when it's coupled with all of these other factors, it becomes dangerous. Right. I agree. For Issa, cheating in general is not inevitable, but we've talked about with her, cheating was inevitable because she was not, she did not have the wherewithal to get herself out of the situation with Lawrence or to have this moment where she realizes that she doesn't want to be done with Lawrence without something really bad happening. And I think she decided that she was okay with cheating the moment she put on that sparkly dress and went to the open mic. Yep. Yep. That was definitely a moment. She, that's, she dug her own grave on purpose. Yeah. Like normally people dig your own graves and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Her mistakes are intentional to me. She's more conscious of it than I think she knows. I agree. She's so much more conscious than, than she lets on. Yeah. She, you know what? You have to put on Spanx when you're putting on a sparkly dress. And that yes. you are putting on, every time I'm putting on Spanx, I'm thinking about the reason that I'm doing it because it's not for me. It's usually because I I know who's going to see me in this outfit. So there's the Daniel aspect of it all. And it's also, we covered a lot of this last episode, but she's just done in the relationship. She's not getting what she wants from Lawrence. So what does she get from Daniel that she wasn't getting from Lawrence? Like you said, first and foremost, the animalistic sex 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so focused on like everything physical about Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> He's someone who you would meet on the street and you know what that sex is going to be like. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, I know exactly what, what dick that's going to be. Like, you know, like, yeah. I think Issa knows this. He was an itch she needed to scratch. That is true. But you don't need to say it to the person. I guess we should clarify yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarify that. Yes. She said she was correct. You don't say it. You don't say it like that. So I think Daniel provided what she wasn't getting from Lawrence physically as an in bed. Right. It doubles because it's not Lawrence. So then it's extra exciting. He fulfills for her just doing something that wasn't so routine that she's been doing for five years. I think sexual attention is just, it's what we all want, you know, like we get over it's hard to get over like when she's rapping in the booth and he's watching her and she's watching him. It's sexy. Sexual tension is sexy. We all want it. It's what makes us feel desirable. It's what right. makes us feel like we're in a rom-com or a CW glossy show or an HBO show where yep. you're going to fuck well or a porno, you know, depending on your vibe. Depending on your vibe. Some of us have rom-com vibes. Some of us have like Game of Thrones vibes. Yes. How carnal, how carnal are you? How carnal are you? But we all crave that. Like everyone wants to feel desired. That's just a human truth. Of course. In infidelity, I think people tend to gravitate towards the people that see us the way we want to be seen. Yes. And I think Daniel sees Issa as this creative boss, rapper. You know, you talked about earlier to him, she is everything. He holds her up on this pedestal and that feels good, especially when, you know, you don't feel that way in your relationship anymore. And I think he loves her untapped potential because she did, she didn't go out to rap on stage, obviously, but then she did. And it was kind of good. And I think Daniel loved that she has, he already loved her, but now he knows there's so much more that she can offer besides her job. When you have this big moment. Refreshing. It's refreshing. And when a particular person is attached to that moment, mm-hmm. they were there in this moment that you felt amazing and they helped you get it. I think that's really yeah. hard to get over. Too. They are literally a breath of fresh air to each other. He is, he as a music lover is seeing Issa experience music live through herself for the first time. And then she is seeing how he is her breath of fresh air because he's just simply something different. It was inevitable for her to hook up with Daniel. I think that she could have cheated with anyone though, but he happened to be the most, you know, nearby and convenient. Yeah. So that being said, my next question was, do we understand why she did it? I, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent understand how she got there. I think it was avoidable. Just yes. to be clear, we don't condone cheating on this podcast, We, but I don't think she's a trash person for doing it. She's confused. She's unsure about the Lawrence and this man comes along who like wants her so badly because of the way she reacts. I don't think she's the worst human, but we'll get to that in a second. So what is, what is your take? Do you understand how she got there? Yeah, I agree 100% with what you were saying. I think that... I don't, I don't want to say Daniel is advantageous, but I think the situation was advantageous. She needed some type of incident. It didn't have to be Daniel. It didn't have to be cheating. And also, I think it hurts even more to Lawrence that it was Daniel because he knew deep down, like Lawrence was hindered. He wasn't stupid. So I'm mad at her, but you're right. I don't hold it against her because you can see in her head how she got there and she didn't get there alone. Like, yes, I'm mad at Issa, but Lawrence wasn't helping at all. Let's talk about before Lawrence finds out what's the fallout of cheating on Issa's end because we see her, she comes into the bathroom at the studio 
and she's feeling all good. And then she has this moment where she sees the lotion pump, which she and Lawrence have this whole inside joke about. And then she looks herself in the mirror, which was we've talked about is when she's probably being the most honest with herself. And all of a sudden she looks to me, it's like this look of terror. She realizes that she just fucked everything up and she's about to lose everything. And then, then I think that sends her into this action of not wanting to lose him. So let's talk about this. I think it was immediate guilt was the look. But the fear, I want to argue, is more fear that she didn't necessarily not want. I think it was fear that she's like, all right, Issa, I've been trying to get my life onto the next step and I finally did it. Now what? Because remember yeah. we were talking last episode about how the fear keeping her in the relationship was having to actually move on from mm-hmm. Lawrence, who is her comfort blanket. So I think that was her fear of now I'm actually going to move on. I think she didn't like how she went about it, but I don't think she's totally upset that it happened because now that's her catalyst. Now she has to deal with it. Yeah, I think it's it definitely is a catalyst. Okay, so I have not cheated in a relationship. Mm-hmm, neither. But I have come close. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have gone through with it, but I will say when it did happen... I did not have this lotion pump moment that snapped me into action in any direction. It did not make me realize how much I wanted the relationship. It just made me kind of continue to think about the sexiness of the itch I needed to scratch, which is what I think this person was to me. But I think for her, it does snap her into action. I think on the surface level, maybe it's, oh my God, I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to lose Lawrence. I can't lose him. But I think on a deeper level, you're right. I think it's this idea of shit. Now I'm actually going to have to change and this is unknown and this is scary. And she's clearly not okay with the unknown and the insecure. Um, (laughs) So I think it sends her into this action where she starts overcompensating. But you're right. She takes more initiative at her job. She takes more initiative in the relationship. It's a catalyst for her. You're right. Yeah, it's what she asked for. So I I think it's scary. It's that initial moment where, like, say you've got to, you got to send a scary text to, you know, whoever, your boss, like Mm -hmm. you're going to end your job. You got to work your way up to it. You really want something to happen so that you can, you know, put this on someone else. So you can be like, well, I had to leave. It wasn't my fault. I think it's when you press send, you actually physically press send. I think it's, you're, you're like, oh, fuck. But also it's kind of calming deep, deep, deep down after you get past the initial fear and shock and jarring, how jarring it is that you're like, oh, finally I can move forward. It's a really convoluted way of, I think it was satisfaction, but she has to get past the initial feelings of shame and guilt and all that stuff. Right, right. And so I think what we see her do is, I mean, I would argue the next like season and a half is her being in the guilt and the shame and not getting to move to like the closing, the closing the chapter. So we see her initiating sex with Lawrence. She's talking more thoughtfully about his jobs. She's planning date nights. She's cooking breakfast. So I think in the aftermath of the cheating she starts to actively fight for the relationship for, again, whatever level of conscious of like, do I want the relationship or am I afraid of change? But then I think because she starts fighting in that, she her life starts to change. She starts to actively fight for other things in her life. It's like a momentum thing. Yeah, it definitely spills into all areas that she was 
previously struggling in. Again, just knowing that this is what it took to, exactly. you know, I, every time I try to think about it and explain it, I go back and forth where it's like, she, she had to, she didn't have to, she put herself there. She couldn't help it. She needed to do, like, it was successful, but also there is so, it's such a, such a ping pong game. So then things start to get better. Lawrence gets a job. She's finally shining at her job. They have this big fancy party that goes well. And she, through all of this, chooses not to tell him. And Molly supports her. Molly says, are you going to do it again? Then don't tell him. Just move on. So what do we think of this? Do you have to tell someone when you cheat? I don't think it's a clear cut answer. Yes and no. In this instance, I think she should have said something. If it was a one time thing, which it kind of was, but also it wasn't because it was someone from her past. So I I think she should have said something. I mean, you you did it. So live up to it. Yeah, I agree. It's hard because I do I do understand Molly's argument of ignorance is bliss or whatever. But I think I don't know, just like if we think about TV and our real lives and this collective knowledge of love and relationships that we've all collected over many years, fictionally and non-fictionally, if all of that has taught us anything, it's that eventually the truth will come out. out. Yes. Yes, the truth always comes out. Always. Like it could take days or years or whatever, but it will eventually come out. So then I think it's on you to process why you did it and how you feel about it because you could cheat and then realize you don't want to be with this person. Be your own publicist and get ahead of it. She yes. should have from the moment one, we said, if we were Molly, what, what advice would we get? Or if we were Molly or Chad, what advice would we give to Lawrence or Issa? And we said, what do you want? So if she were to have figured out what she wanted, she could have then done damage control, which I hate to use that word, but she could have done damage control on what she did what situation Mm -hmm. she put herself in. But of course it's going to come out. Like if you're going to do it with a one-time thing, if it's like a a makeout or, you know, some quick Vegas hookup, I'm not happy about it, but that's so much easier to kind of brush off than a guy you've known since high school. Mm -hmm. Your friend knows about your friends know obviously you're going to want to get in front of that. I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's interesting. I don't know. I'm now just thinking about like the what do you want? And I think it's one of the big questions of the show is Issa figuring out, does she want Lawrence? The first rap, which is like, do you want your man or not? I think that's huge and what it keeps coming back to throughout these four seasons. And I think in this moment, in her reaction to cheating, she's like, yes, I want him. And I don't know how true that is, how sure she is of that and how... I don't know, though. I mean, we're going to continue to be talking about the show for a couple more weeks and hopefully we'll answer that question. But I think that will determine if they should end up together or not, because I I don't know if she really does want him or if she wanted the security and the safety. I think my immediate thought is to say she only wants him when he's doing well. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's even true, because there were times that he was doing well and she still wanted Daniel or someone else. So you're right. I don't know if she did want him or not. I don't think I... Even after the season four cliffhanger, I'm not even sure if she... I'm not sure either. What she's feeling. I never know what she's feeling, though. She has these, you know, outward monologues. I still don't know, like, what, like what's going through her head. She's so quick to make her decisions. She has a lot of unpacking to still She do. sure does. Yeah. Um, all right. But let's talk about Lawrence. Let's talk about how Lawrence reacts to the cheating. He eventually figures it out because he reads a text and then he sees Daniel at the party. He puts it together because he's not dumb. He's not stupid. We're going to play the audio clip of his reaction so here is how lawrence reacts when she finally admits i i i i told him what we did was a mistake oh so you fucked up our shit for some nigga who's a goddamn mistake 
Did you fuck him more than once? Did you fuck him more than no. once? You fucking lying. Lord, come on. Fuck, I thought we were in this, Issa. So fucking stupid, man. I'm stupid. Just tell me what I can do I and I will- Get the fuck out of here. Lord, so please. Get the fuck out of here, Issa. Lord. Issa, get the fuck out of the way. No. Issa, get the you... fuck out of the way. Just talk to it me. It ain't shit to talk about. Get out the way. There are lots of ways people can react to cheating. Why do we think Lawrence reacts the way he does? I don't think that there is a proper reaction. It's one of those things where, again, it's case by case. I think if I were Lawrence, I would have, I don't think Lawrence is violent at all. But if I were Lawrence, I would have probably messed up the house a lot more. I I think she, she got off easy to me because also she did it, which is an offense on its own, but then hit it and then thought he was stupid enough. It's offensive. You think he's stupid enough to not figure it out? I wonder if the cheating had happened even like a month before it did, even if it had happened that first night that we see Daniel in the car, if he had reacted differently, because we've seen him show some growth in this, I don't know, let's say month, couple months since the beginning of the season where they have been getting better. And I think cheating hurts more the same way a breakup hurts more when you don't see it coming. I think he freaks out because he thinks they're on the up and up. They bought the couch together. They started having sex again. Issa's trying and he doesn't know that it's out of guilt on her end. Mm -hmm. He gets this job. He literally takes her to go look at wedding rings because Chad has this conversation with him about marriage. And then he figures this out. Like I see why it hurts. It it hurts worse when you've put yourself in this vulnerable position of I'm going to be better for you. It's so mean to dangle this amazing life for Lawrence. Like Issa's dangling, like this is what we could have, could be. This is what we should have been this entire time. She's dangling what they could have had. But meanwhile, she knows it's going to be snatched away because Daniel's lurking around the corner. Hmm. So I think, I think there's so many different factors of why Lawrence was so hurt because she cheated. She dangled this amazing life. She cheated with someone who was like nearby. It was shocking for Lauren. Like, it, it was just rude. Everything she yeah. did was just so mean it was so mean it he he was teased for the life he could have had if you're gonna grow bring lawrence with you and you can't grow based off a catalyst that was infidelity right it's a a rocky foundation that's obviously going to come crumbling down exactly and i think it's hard because i think she also it's dangled for her too like all of a sudden she's seeing how great they could be together in this way that she hadn't before and it's you know, that doesn't justify it. But I think she truly does think for a moment, we could stay together. This could be great. This could be good. And I think that's part of the reason why it's such a messy breakup, because she did start to see hope in the relationship. And I think if they had broken up in the first episode, it would be a different situation. But I think because they both get better, it it hurts more when when the breakup happens. Yeah, you're totally right that she did dangle it for Lawrence. But you're right that she, she dangled it for herself, too, to the point yeah. where she kind of fooled herself into thinking that the catalyst was just a catalyst and what the actual catalyst was didn't happen. Like she definitely she's like drinking her own Kool-Aid somehow. I agree. I, that's totally what it is. She fools herself into thinking like everything's going to be fine. In this moment, she's fooled herself of being like, that's all it took was this one moment of seeing what it would be to lose him. And now everything's going to be better. Like it the, be it, that that's, it's not solved. No, it's not that right. simple. Um, how, how would you have reacted? Oof. I, I don't know if I could ever even look at her again because trust was already broken by the cheating and now it's doubly broken by you withholding the cheating from me. Yeah. I would have maybe like that night grabbed all of my stuff, left, deleted her number, blocked her number, told all my friends, be like, don't bring her up to me. I would have ended, I would have cut every cord immediately. 
Yeah. I would have also think I would have walked out immediately. Yeah. I run a little bit jealous. Like I already run a little bit. Oh, fuck. I can't use the word insecure again because it's too <laughs> cheesy, but I do run a little bit insecure in relationships. Right. And so I think if there was cheating, I, I wouldn't be able to be the same in a relationship, at least not right away. And I think we'll talk about this later. Like can time heal cheating? That's I think one of the big questions that we'll be solving over the next few episodes. I agree. I don't think I would have even given it as much time as he does before he nope. officially ends it. Right. Well, let's talk about that. So they officially break up. For, so for a while, he stays on Chad's couch after he mm-hmm. finds out. And then the official breakup when he grabs all the stuff. She comes back from Malibu, which we talked about earlier. Why do you think he handles it this way? What is it about him that makes him not end it immediately and kind of drag it out? I mean, it's the history of it all. There, you can't really... I mean, we. it's nice of us to say, yeah, I do a clean break, but they live together. They, there's Like, you want to do a clean break, but there, if there's so many cords that need to be cut... I don't know if you actually can do a clean break. I think the purgatory stage where he's staying on Chad's couch and will you stay on Chad's couch forever and get your own apartment or will you go back to Issa? He's he, like, Lawrence is an emotional guy. He's just figuring his shit out. I think he's more emotional than I am, which is why I think he kind of took a second to make a final decision. I don't know. But also, I don't think he actually really missed Issa. I think he only missed Issa because that one... He thought he had a connection with that one stripper mm-hmm. and he thought they're going to hook up. And then she's like, well, pay me. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. Connections are kind of yeah. hard. So one moment of weakness is when he misses Issa. Then I think he gets home with the intention of actually staying there. And then he's I like, wait a minute, th- this environment brings back memories of how I feel and what she's done to me. And then he packs up and leaves. Yep. So I guess that was his catalyst or lack thereof. Yeah, I 100% agree. The strip club moment is just like, what the fuck am I doing? And I mean, in some ways, I do admire that he took his time. The thing I admire the most is that he is honest with himself. Yes. In that when he goes back to the apartment, all the memories come back, he packs up and leaves. He doesn't try to make it work and drag it out. And I think him being that honest with himself is impressive. And I think some people convince themselves they can stay in relationships after people cheat when they really can't. So then his reaction, one of the last shots of Lawrence in season one is he goes and he has sex with the bank girl, Tasha. I love the entire bank girl, Tasha. Bank girl, Tasha. (laughs) Oh, we'll talk about this next episode, but she gets fucked over so badly. Poor Tasha. Um, She means so well. What do we think this reaction was about? And why do people... Because people respond to cheating this way all the time. But do we think that's what this was? Was this a response to the cheating? I think it definitely was. I mean, she was kind of not as serious as Daniel, but she was his itch. It was a very short term, very meaningless itch. And I think he just quickly was like, what, what, like, you know, when he, when something happens, you're like, what can I do next? Like, what do I do? And you kind of have that Mm -hmm. freak out moment. I think Tasha was his freak out moment. She was available. She's obviously more than willing. He was kind of her quick fix, quick itch, scratch. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, she was just kind of the janitor. Classic rebound. Yeah. He, yeah. I think he wanted somebody who liked him and he wanted to feel wanted. And I think that's why he goes to Tasha and doesn't, you know, pay for sex in the strip club right. because he wants to feel wanted in the same way that Issa wanted to feel wanted. And yeah. I think, again, back to insecure, showing different types of sex, like the way he is having sex with her is a little bit getting... Getting some anger out. He was like, yes. So 
these sex scenes are a lot. So Tasha, yeah. also, Tasha was like getting into it because she has been trying to like get with Lawrence for God. Yeah, knows I how get long. it. Like I'm not no like of for course. Tasha. I'm like good for you. I get it. I would enjoy. You know, there's been a lot of sexual tension between them. Get fucked however you want to get fucked, Tasha. I'm I get both it. There's sexual tension, but Lawrence, for, he for sure was just getting some shit. To, he he was taking care of some emotional shit for sure. In my opinion, he could have been very well fucking like a pocket pussy at that point. He just, <laughs> I think he didn't want to be. It's not that he didn't want to pay for sex. I think he just like was like, who can I have sex with? That's not Issa. That's not a wall. That's not going to be money. That's not going to be a stripper. And Tasha very easily just could check all those boxes. Okay. So season one ends. They break up. And so season two starts with Issa's wants him back. She's pretty desperate to win him back. She shows up at work. She's trying to get him to casually show up at parties. She's going out of her way to see him. And then when she finally does, they have um, random couch sex. I hated I hated the scene. I hated it so much. The scene gave so, me nightmares. So oh yes. my gosh. Because it just, what? As we said before, it was it was so bizarre that I thought this was not real. The way he dramatically stopped in the doorway. I was like, is he about to hit her? Like, what's going on? He goes over to her. It's kind of, it's not violent, but it's not. Romantic. It's not romantic. It's just, it's just two bodies having sex. Yes. Props to Jay Ellis and Issa Rae for getting the emotion through in that one particular 30 second sex scene because it was uncomfortable to watch. Like I could feel every emotion and every lack of emotion. And then he, I think, finished in her. Yes. Kind of left her. Yeah. They kind of like left her on the couch like a dead animal. I guess I could see how it happened. But also in this case, this is the only case where I can be like, I don't know if I could see how they got there. Hmm. Okay. Well, I would argue that I would say from personal experience, oh, I no. didn't see how they got there, which is so unfortunate. In the way they had it though? Okay. Maybe not that, but I have had, uh, just to back it up, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I think a clean break is almost impossible. Right. I have never had a clean break. I think it's like this X on a string situation mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people have. Not going back to an X takes truly constant vigilance. I think if you have a moment of weakness and it could be something as innocuous as there's a cockroach and I want to call this person or like something really great happened to me and I want to share it or an inside joke coming up to I want to fuck. And I think it's so much easier to stay vigilant when you're not seeing this person. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that it's like the moment that they do see each other. And I haven't had sex that is this short, but I have had a pretty quick sex with an ex where it's just, bam, we did it. And then we just like couldn't. You can't show any of your emotions because if you do, you're just going to open up the floodgates of all of the things that are going on with it. So are you saying, I'm wondering, is it there are emotions that you are feeling and you're purposefully physically suppressing them? Or are you saying that you have emotions, but they're just not big enough for you to show them? Like they're being hidden by your stoicism. Yeah, I think it's, there are emotions, but I think you have to keep them. It's, it's like a protection thing. Are you hiding the emotions from yourself? I think so. Yeah. I think it's, if I start to really let myself go down this path of what it means to have sex with this ex, it's going to be too much. But in this moment, seeing them and being a human with human desires, I want sex obviously it's horrible but I, I was like i see how that happened part of it is, ju- is just the sex like getting to a place not that that was good sex because it didn't look like it was no 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 no. that's not terrible it looks terrible 
having somebody that you're literally just comfortable with their body takes time. And I think to not have to go through that with an ex because you already know those things is tempting. So, but throughout this kind of the second season, Issa wants to work it out. And for Lawrence, I think there was no way. But in general, let's talk about it. Do you think you have to break up when there's cheating? I definitely don't. I think that like we said, for everything, it's case by case. I think in this case, yes, because they needed to break up anyway. Normally in other situations, no, I don't think so. I think there are some instances where I don't even think that the person needs to tell the other person because it was just so quick. I don't think that's acceptable. I personally would always love to know, but I think sometimes emotions run high, alcohol is nearby, like stuff happens. I, mm-hmm. I think if it's truly, truly, genuinely meaningless, you can get past that. I agree. I think what it sometimes comes down to is if you're dealing with a cheater or if you're dealing with someone who cheated. And I think if I had to give general sweeping advice, I would say if it's a cheater, then like, yeah, you have to break up because it's going to continue to happen. They need to work through that and figure out why they're someone who cheats on the regular. Issa is not that. Issa is the exception. I think she is someone who cheated. In the moment, your reaction to the cheating has a lot to do with it, Uh knowing if you immediately regret it or knowing if it opened up this can of worms of all of these other people you want to be with and all of these other experiences you have to have. And I think how you handled it matters. I think in either situation, the only healer is time. Even if you are, Issa, if if you are dealing with not a cheater, but someone who cheated, then I still think there needs to be some kind of like cooling off period for you to like figure out what you both want. Yeah. I mean, yes, you got to figure They still, what's annoying at this point, they still have not figured out what they want. They haven't so much Mm -hmm. as even asked themselves or each other what they want. So ultimately they're kind of going towards a moving target or no target at all. You're right. Decide, are they a cheater or are they a person who cheated? But if they're also someone who can get into a, you know, a headspace that's so low or so confusing or so deep into their own heads that they get lost in moments where they are susceptible to cheating. I think that's also a problem. And I think Issa is like that. Lauren, I can't tell, but I think Issa can get lost in her thoughts to the point where she can make really rash, stupid decisions on purpose. That's true. And that's what I'm saying with the time thing. I think she needed to go away and Mm -hmm. grow up a little bit because I don't know by the end of season four if she's someone that could still get herself in those spots because I think she does grow. But I think you're right. If there is no change in the individual person, they could continue to find themselves in these situations where they are a person who cheats. She she has a wondering eye with life. Not necessarily relationships, mm-hmm. but just with life in general. She's always looking at what what can happen next. And I think that kind of feeds into a wondering eye into relationships as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And it, it, again, comes back to this, like, I don't think she knows what she wants. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and maybe it's and maybe that's the thing of it all is we talked about last season, how it's so important to meet someone on solid footing, meaning you both know what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what messes up Issa and Lawrence is right. they're still figuring it out. And I think that comes down, I was about to make this point, I was going to ask, is there anything Issa could have done differently to save the relationship? But I think even if she did come clean, these two needed time apart. Because I think in the way, you know, he was like, I got my shit together for her, blah, blah, blah. But I think they were fixing their shit in a very, this is what my vision for my life was. And so I'm going to do everything right in this way that I've understood what right is, instead of spending time on themselves to get them to know themselves better and figure out what they actually want. Being single, 
learning to be on your own teaches you so much about you. Mm-hmm. When both of them are single, that happens. Their life directions do change. Issa discovers she's not happy at We Got Jaw and does something totally different. Lawrence outgrows Meridian and starts to explore other things. I think you need to have solitude to have those moments with yourselves. And I think they needed them. So I don't think there was anything she could have done to save the relationship. I think they still needed time. Yeah, I agree. My very short, sweet, simple response is that they were never going to make it. And I think the question that we'll continue to answer is, can they find themselves back together? That is the question, yes. There is some lingering hope that they do. So how do we know as an audience that it's not completely done between them? Are we given any sense of hope? My initial reaction is to say, hell no. The only reason I'll give, I'll say 98%, there's no way. 2% of me will say, yes, I guess, because of their couch mechanical sex. There's clearly still feelings <laughs> there. There's, they're, they're both so emotional. They have history. Mostly no, but I guess, yes. Yeah, the only reason I think that there is a little bit of hope is because they do have this conversation in like the finale of season two. It's when he comes to get the couch and they have this conversation in the kitchen. Actually, I'll play it just so we can all be reminded. I've been thinking about how sometimes I set these expectations for myself and I just shut down. If they don't go how I, I just, uh, I'm sorry for not being who you expected me to be, who I expected me to be. Lawrence, I wanted to be better for you because of you. But somewhere along the way, I depended on you to be better for both of us. I mean, what could you have done, though? More? No, that's when you needed me to be better for the both of us. This conversation is what I was talking about when I was talking about contrast. Like, These are the type of conversations that needed to be happening the whole time. It happens because they really do care about each other. If you go through a breakup and this person fucked you over and you have no need to explain yourself to them anymore or you don't give a fuck about what they think, you're like, oh, cool. I learned from that experience and I can move Mm -hmm. on. You know, they both say, like, I love you in this scene. And I think if you still care about this person enough to want to have this healthy, productive conversation, there's a little bit of hope that you don't have to totally close. Can you separate the person from the relationship, though? Like maybe she just loves Lawrence, but you don't you don't need to be in a relationship with him. That's true. And I think that's I thought we were never going to see Lawrence again. Like when he shows up again in season three, I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) he's still here. And then I was like, oh, maybe this is the love story of them finding their way back to each other. But at first I was the same way. I was like, she will always love him, but the relationship wasn't meant to be. You're right. It does seem like this is just kind of the love story that we're all going through them with. Just the extreme ups and downs and curves and left turns and right turns. It seems you're right. It does seem that way because they're not going to get back together. Mm -hmm. Then why do they bring him back after such a, you know, final ending? Right. In the nonfiction world, in this world that we're all living in, do you think there's a way to tell if you shouldn't totally close the book on somebody? No, it's just about reading your emotions and who can do that? Like no one can actually do that. If you got to read your emotions, the other person needs to read their emotions. Then you got to see how the emotions fit together. And that's so much work and borderline impossible. 
So there's no really mm-hmm. right or wrong, yes or no answer there. Yeah, there's no logic in love. I think you're right. But That's I will say, I think time solves so much. And I think without time, our perspectives are muddled and clouded with a need for like wanting the familiar or letting go of a fantasy you held on for so long. You have to first give yourself time before you can evaluate if this person still belongs in your life. It's really messy. It's really sloppy. And if we have all these thoughts as people who are not Issa and Lawrence, I can't imagine, like, it's so easy to, you know, critique them from here as if they're real. They are kind of, but it's easy to critique them from here. But if this was actually my life, I'd be like, I just need to move, escape. But in this final little segment, we're going to do our best to place ourselves in this fictional world and be the Molly or the Chad, you know, if you want to be Chad. And we're going to do our best to give a little advice. So if you were in this situation, if you were Issa's friend or Lawrence's friend, what advice would you give? And would you tell them to handle it any differently than how they did? If I was giving advice to Issa as Molly's friend, I would say you first fucked up, obviously, by sleeping with Daniel. But the handling of that part, I think it could have been fixed from that part. But since Mm -hmm. you tried to use that as a foundation to build up the new Issa and Lawrence 2.0, I think that was a mistake. So at this point in time, where we are with season two, I would say, move on. Let's move on as if Lawrence didn't exist. Not in an emotional way, but more just move on as in let's, how can we fix you only? And then we'll bring Lawrence back into this. For Lawrence, I would say, get the fuck away from Issa. She just dogged, she like dragged you through the mud, showed up at your work, kind of stalk her ex-girlfriend style, in my opinion. I would say you, you get an apartment, get an extra lock on your door, move on. I think Lawrence handled it pretty well. I would say you need to set boundaries. And I think it's really fair what he does. So I would say know what you can handle and what you can't handle Mm -hmm. and be honest with yourself about that and then set boundaries. Yes. And that can be blocking them on social media. That can be avoiding group settings where you see this person. And again, time is the only thing that heals. So I think you have to do all that before you're right, before you can even consider bringing this person back into your life. Right. I totally agree. Set realistic boundaries, realistic goals, and then stick to it. Yeah. I also think it's interesting what you said. Can cheating, can infidelity be the grounds from which you build relationship 2.0? I just don't think so. It's, it's, it's hurtful. It's, I mean, yeah, you can come back from it, but the trust is always, you know, relationships can't keep score, but part of you is always going to be like, well, remember when you cheated on me? Even right. if it's 10 years later, it's going to be a little bug that's in your ear. I don't see how that can be your the first brick in your house. I agree. Yeah, it can't be the first brick in your house. We spent a whole episode on like why someone cheated. When there's cheating, there's other things going on. Yeah, there's a reason. You can't build from you cheated. Here's how I'm going to make it up to mm-hmm. you. I think you have to build from here's everything that's going on in our relationship. Can we address all of it and build from there and not just address the cheating? I think you're right. I think yeah. cheating can't be the stepping stone into version 2.0 of relationship. Yeah. You got to work your way down from why the cheating happened rather than, okay, we got that out of the way. Let's move on. You're right. We are right. We are right. <laughs> Uh, okay and on that note that's all we have for this episode next episode we're going to be talking about their time apart and all of the other people that they date and how they keep each other encircling their lives what amount of that is healthy and you know what they learn from their little their little hotation as she calls it and and boy do they have one boy do they have one 
And I, I support a hotation. Go but, for it. Uh, especially Lawrence's is a little intense. Lauren gets a little crazy. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. You can find us on social media between the episodes where we'll be, you know, sharing our thoughts and sharing some content. But until then, we will see you next week. everyone. Thank you for listening. That, as they say, is our show. We're here every Thursday talking ship about fictional people from television and, you know, occasionally non-fictional people from our lives make their way in there. If you enjoyed, I know everyone tells you to do this, but a quick review and rating really does help out new podcasts like us quite a lot. Thank you to Vic Hoffman for being here this season. You can follow her on social media at VictoriaHoffman27. You can follow the podcast at Talking Ship Podcast. And you can follow me at OnlyMegan815. Ask me why the 815, because it's not my birthday. It's much more embarrassing. Talking Ship is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. So thank you to the whole team there for helping make the show happen. And finally, thank you to Chris Meisner for composing this wonderful theme music. And if you haven't already flipped to your next podcast, you can hear it now beautifully fade out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.